Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. I'm hell on hell, say what you will. I done made the devil a deal. He made me pretty, he made me smart. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i'm your host brian j rowan with me today we have michael snydell hello bill graham Woo! and back on the pod to talk about ready or not it's michael mazanti what's up not much what is up with you also not much great you came back I did, at my first opportunity. Yeah, I think we even set this up like on the episode that you were on. We were like, so, uh, you know, we, we talked about how awesome Ready or Not looked. Why don't you just come on for it? <laughs> yep, yep. I got it in. As, I got the invite as soon as I could could manage to get it. See, it's like, a, it's like a dentist appointment. You know, you go in, you do it, and then you go out, and you're like, all right, when's the next one? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, 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 that's not like my favorite metaphor for someone coming on here, but yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I think, given what this show does sometimes, it's probably the best we can hope for. <laughs> Still shocked Fair that enough. anyone comes on here, let alone returns. But Michael, oh, I forgot how annoying this is going to be because we have two Michaels on the show. Uh, okay, so You're what do you want? Now. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. All right. Uh, so, yeah, welcome back. All the usual stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. You can also find us on iTunes to give us a comment or rating. Email us, podcast at filmstage.com. And uh, that's, uh, that's about it. You can become a patron of this show, so you can yell at us on Slack by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow and give us your money for as little as $1 an episode. You help us to produce this show, create more great content for your ears to enjoy, and uh, you help us to, to keep on keeping on. In addition, we are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema, where every day... Their beautiful curators bring you a brand new item for you to enjoy. We got some great, great stuff out there right now. I want to cover, this would have been better for our crawl episode, Grizzly Man by Werner Herzog. It's part of their The Unusual Subjects series of interesting documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. We talked about this a little bit the last time. There were some good unusual subjects things on. Uh, Grizzly Man <laughs> is a devastating yet enlightening look at the grizzly bear activists Timothy Treadwell and Annie Hoogrunderd, who were killed in October 2003 while living among endangered beasts in Alaska. Spoiler alert? I mean, no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. Everyone who walks into Grizzly Man, I think, walks in and says, Oh, this is a documentary about that guy who thought he could live with bears, right? It also yeah. is the source the- of one of my favorite film clips ever on YouTube. Does everyone know the one I'm talking about? It could be a few. There are a few I can remember. It's the one with <laughs> Werner Herzog listening to some headphones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the- anyway. Timothy Treadwell has, his way, has a way of articulating things that is very memorable as well. Indeed. So if you would like to check out Grizzly Man, you can get a free 30-month subscription to Mubi by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, 
That is mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of Mubi. So check it out. You have three days to watch Season of the Devil as well. The four-hour Filipino uh, musical from Blav Diaz. And you have four hours to watch Goodbye First Love, Michael. Uh, that's already on hulu i i'm i'm fine with waiting first of I all mean, no it's stop not stop plugging other streaming services <laughs> what what is that streaming service hulu huh. is that the one that's owned by disney or is it the other one that's owned by disney it's the one that allows things that are rated r that disney owns yes <laughs> yes now owns. Yeah, yeah yeah oh man disney they will own you by the end of the month. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, that's it. That's it for the upfront stuff. I think if uh, no one else has any other stuff that they want to air out beforehand, we can get into our feature review of Ready or Not. This is, in fact, an opportunity for anyone to just shout something. Woo! All right. Yeah. Good work, Bill. <laughs> All right. So we're here today to talk about Ready or Not. A uh, new film that's out in theaters now. This movie directed by Matt Bettinelli, Olpen, and Tyler Gillette. It is about a bride who finds on her wedding night that her family has a very strange ritual that they like to indulge in uh, that is deeply tied to their uh, wealth garnered from the gaming industry. They're going to hunt her and try to kill her. Anyway, so... Whoa! Not a spoiler. Here... Mm -hmm is the trailer i can't believe that in half an hour i will be a part of the ladomus gaming dynasty empire uh dominion we prefer dominion i honestly can't wait to be a part of your family there's just one more thing and then you are officially part of the family So, at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no All right, so that is the trailer for Hide and Seek. The movie that we've already talked about on this podcast many many times because it's a red band trailer hit and we were all just like oh shit that looks like a lot of fun and then we kept seeing it we kept bringing it up i think this and harriet are the movies that we have talked about the most before they've even come out uh, crawl crawl we did talk about crawl a lot the mag <laughs> <laughs> i guess <laughs> creature features that's right because the meg had those great posters yeah yeah mm -hmm. Great and posters. So, and so just like Crawl and The Meg, this is a movie uh, that has pretensions of being a good old-fashioned throwbacky thrill ride of sorts. This one with an added dash of dark humor. So let's talk about it. Let's see how this movie lived up to our sky-high expectations that we have talked about on the show many, many times in the last couple weeks. And like to start with our guest, Mike Mazzanti. Oh, man. Um... Overall, I really, really dug this movie. Um, I thought it was actually somehow like a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I think it did some things that I wasn't expecting um, and took the film in some places that I didn't think it would go. And I surprisingly had 
was thinking more than I thought I was going to. Let's put it that way during the movie. Um, it definitely had some ideas kind of buried underneath of it. Um, some more obvious than others, I think. Um, but overall, I just I really enjoyed that it was brisk and concise. And um, I don't know, it really had a very economical way of delivering the story. But I still got to know the characters, at least the ones that like I cared about the most. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I had a really good time. And when it was over, I was just like, can't wait to go see this again (laughs) (laughs) all right michael snydell um yeah this did not live up to my uh sky high expectations i guess uh i I guess the 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 main thing to say about it is um for some reason i wasn't ready for you yet but okay um yeah i guess what, what i'd say about this movie is i i think the the premise is ironclad. Uh, the actors are all people I like in genre shows or things. You know, everyone from Adam Brody to Henry Zerny to uh, Annie McDowell to uh, so on and so forth. But um, I think the script in this is is just uh, the moment to moment dialogue I found really cringy. Uh, I really like four letter words. I think this movie deploys four-letter words in really amateurish, unfunny ways. Uh, I thought that this just also felt like a a script that really needed to go through at least one or two more drafts. Um, Radio Silence is the name of these two directors. They're kind of in the same orbit as kind of the – is it Ty West, guys? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Of the of the Ty West and kind of a, a lot of those uh, directors who you, you know have been done and the anthology films like VH. Yeah, not VCR. VHS. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> VHS and Southbound and a number of those and it's it's interesting because I uh, in in those things I I found their sensibility like it would become grating very quickly to me. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is about this other than I can really just say the script. It just didn't work for me. And I really wanted this to kind of embrace where it goes. It's weird. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't love the ending when it happened, but it was also weirdly enough with, uh, forethought is what i kind of wanted the movie to be more of i think i wanted this to be more drag me to hell than you know uh the people under the not the crawl space oh geez what is the west person thank you thank you bill uh so yeah those are my thoughts i'll be pretty quiet this one because i'm i'm in the minority on this one and i know it and that's totally fine i'm glad you guys had a good time I mean, well, we don't know. Bill might have hated it. Bill Graham, what'd you think? <laughs> I hated it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, my thoughts. Uh, I enjoyed this film. I didn't really know what to expect except kind of a, a goofy fun time and with a bombastic ending. And that's pretty much what I got. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the thrills and kind of the the specter kind of lingering over this film. Um, I enjoyed the mystery that it kind of sets up and doesn't try and like go too far into it. Um, 
I really hope that this one doesn't turn into kind of one of those sequel fests. Um, but more than likely, it, it might. I, I imagine that this only has to make a moderate amount of money to be a success and probably something worthy of, uh, you know, getting funding for a sequel. But um, e- either way, I I think this film is is decently clever. Um, it is not trying to break the wheel by any means, but it is having fun with the kind of the, the whole mentality of the games and uh, how the family kind of embraces and kind of moves through it. Um, I thought it was, uh, I, I believe it's right around the 90 minute mark. Um, it is very efficient with its time and it flows really fast. Uh, I was impressed by that. And yeah, I think, I think the, the end definitely kind of, uh, lives up to, uh, expectations as far as what I had heard. So, um, I don't, I don't have a lot of issues with here. Uh, with this film, um, you know, I mean, some of the family members are dumb and you know, that, that is what it is. Uh, are they written in clever ways? No, not necessarily, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's still fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I had a spectacular time with this movie. I wrote the review for the film com. I gave it a B plus and, um, it's just it's a great review, by the way, Brian. Oh, thank you. As yeah. much as I don't agree with it, I think it's a great review. What was your favorite yeah. part? I really like you calling uh, Nikki Guadani uh, a gargoyle <laughs> whose uh, existence seems to be her ability to stare or, or something along those lines. <laughs> I was yes. I am legitimately shocked that you were actually able to quickly pull up like a, a phrase that I used. I was expecting you to just be like, I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, come on, man. Don't be an asshole. I gave you a compliment. Don't fish. Um, yeah, I called Aunt Hel- uh, Helene a-, a white-haired gargoyle genetically designed to stare intimidatingly. Yep. Yeah. And she is. Uh, she is yep. prominently featured in the trailer. And um, she's that is what she is in this movie. She is. And this is kind of what. I love about this movie is that, and I say this in my review, it feels like two writers who were like, man, nothing gets made unless it's tied to an IP. Like we got the tag movie. We had battleship. We should do in that's hide and seek, but apparently not the Robert De Niro hide and seek. You know, that was, it's about a guy with uh, dissociative identity disorder as we realized before we started recording. <laughs> and they were like, how would that even work? First of all, it would have to be insanely complicated, the reason for hide-and-seek to be violent. And then you'd have to have all these... And it should take place in... A, it has to be a big house, like a really big house. And they just kept going, and they started making themselves laugh. And they were like, ah, oh, damn it. We definitely have to write some of this shit down. And then they did. And then they uh, they did it again, and then this movie got made. And, I mean, I think the casting is pretty much flawless, uh, Samara Weaving is great in this movie. She, she's now joined uh, uh, the person whose name I cannot pronounce. Scoldelario. Scudelario. Yeah, uh, from Crawl uh, and and uh, Blake Lively and them as like the great, you know, girl who's stranded somewhere and has to fight some sort of force. And in this movie, she gets to do it in Chucks in a wedding dress, which is, you know, I assume if this movie becomes a cult classic, will become a picture that people post on Twitter and say, this is a mood. 
which is a joke that I still don't fully understand. But um, it's it's great. And you got <laughs> Adam Brody blast. in there, and he's doing his thing. He, I love him in this mode. You got uh, Henry Sersny. Uh, <laughs> OC podcast coming at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, again, I have to talk to you and the other friend of mine who keeps trying to convince me to start an OC podcast to see if we can merge these or if I'm just going to have two competing OC podcasts. <laughs> Um, I actually like that better. <laughs> I'm going to play myself against myself. One of them will win and I will get to feel superior. It's going to be great. Uh, and yeah, the movie is just, it's so absurd and it's so fun. And I love the fact that you can take it as just a grimy, gory little thrill ride. Or if you really want to, they do not make it difficult to pick up on the quote unquote subtext of what they're saying at any given moment in this. It's, Almost like Succession, which is a show that I have watched every episode of and still don't know precisely what it's trying to do. <laughs> There's a Twitter part of me that's like, well, this is... That show. I'm sorry, what oh, was that? It's it's so good. It really is. But there's, is it- there's a part of me that's like, is this a comedy? Or is this a drama with some comedy bits? Or, like, I can't tell... If it thinks it's being clever or it knows that it's being so not clever that it becomes clever again. It's it's a little bit of the snake eating its tail, but it's also uh, it, it it morphs as it goes along. It mm-hmm. has a lot more to say kind of as it progresses, progresses through the first season, especially. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, 100 yeah. percent that show. This is not going to turn into a succession podcast, yeah. but like that show definitely has ideas. But sometimes it feels like it's being very obvious about them and is being so obvious that it's could be deemed satire or it could be deemed just bad writing. <laughs> well, the guy that is behind it also, uh, I believe, created or was one of the people behind in the loop. Um, so he's not a Margo he, Iannucci, though. And Pete no. show as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. So he's he's definitely got some of that heritage of being so brash and bold that it's both making a statement and also being dumb at the same time. Yeah, but so, in the loop yeah. had like a kind of more madcap energy to it, almost mm-hmm. uh, almost not home improvement, Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's a, there's a feeling when I watch Succession where I'm like. Oh, this is the part where in In the Loop or Veep, someone would say something really gross and crass and hilarious that like you can tell writers like really tried. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a little overwritten, but it's always still like interesting. And in in succession, they'll just say fuck a lot. And I can't tell if that's because the character is supposed to be stupid and unable to pull off those lines or if they thought that just cursing a lot would be good enough. Mm hmm. Which takes us back to this movie. There's a lot of cursing in this movie. I don't think a lot of it is very clever, but I think that, especially when Samara Weaving does it, it feels very real and very true to the character. And um, we can get into our defenses against Michael as time goes on, but I will just end by saying, like, this is a great movie, and much like uh, Better Michael, I immediately walked out of this and was like, I can't wait to see that again. <laughs> I, I, I defense is a person or just the, my movie opinions. So how much do I need to uh, get my sword and shield out here? Oh, we're you, going better, all you in. better mount up because we're coming for your soul, buddy. <laughs> all your Facebook profile photos from 
the first time you ever logged on. Oh my. Back when you had to like get the CD from the photo booth and like load it onto your computer and click and drag. Yeah, we have the CD. <laughs> I have to say my fashion hasn't changed that much. So <laughs> I uh I don't know how that will go for you. We'll be but... the judge of that. We'll see. Yeah, my personal <laughs> style has not evolved at all. I basically just like was thinner and had more hair and maybe like a little more light in my eyes. I loved hoodies then. I love hoodies now. <laughs> well, look, hoodies are a perfect garment. Yeah. Um, we can oh, all sure. agree on that. Yes. You can stay warm or you can sneak Skittles into a movie theater. <laughs> not not the pullover ones. Not the pullover ones. Oh, no. You got to get that zip. Zip. Yes. Zip up. Yep. Zip is the only zip. way to go. So anyway, okay. ready or not. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I'm curious. Like, I, okay. I don't know. It seemed... I just want to bring this up. We have a Skype channel. Yeah. People were super excited for this movie. Slack channel. Not a Skype. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah no. Skype, this is Skype what I was is about to say. Show. What's going on We have on a Slack channel. <laughs> Bill, you're not on the Skype channel. <laughs> I, somehow I am okay with this. It's like it when you find out that mugs. all your friends that? at work have a text thread that you're not on. You're just like, I'm not in the group text. Anyway, uh, so we have our Slack channel. People were like, hey, ready or not, getting great reviews. So happy. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited. And you just like swaggered in with your six guns and said, here are two pans. Fuck yourselves. So <laughs> let's. <laughs> okay. Ask your question. <laughs> Why did you do that? Um... <laughs> no, I guess I'm curious. Like, were, sure. were you. Do you feel like you were like in any way already doubting your ability to like this movie? Um, no, because this uh, horror comedy is something that I am generally all in on as long as it doesn't get up its own ass. And to be fair, that's not my problem with this movie at all. Uh, like there was a. Uh, oh, man, I'm going to have to think of the name of it. I, I swear to God, it's like a it's like a hide and seek type thing thing um okay you, you're gonna it's, have to it's a out. christmas what? horror film from last year where a, a no where a kid is is obsessed with his babysitter and uh what it, it fakes a kidnapping and it, yeah what? it's it's a really bad movie uh anyway <laughs> i don't know um, yeah i'll I'll remember it at some point, but okay. My actual answer to this question is no, that's I, I wasn't gearing up to dislike this film, but I did. I did think it was worth bringing up uh, two reviews that were negative. I mean, in the same way, like I just, I'm just weird about hyperbole. I, I don't know if this has come across yes, the show, but <laughs> it's just something. No, you've never mentioned this. <laughs> Like it's like just, the uh, like the love for A two four, which immediately just sets your hair on edge. You you fluff up like a dog. <laughs> Bill, have I ever I, told you how much I love it when you mix your metaphors? <laughs> <laughs> sets your hair on it. Sets your hair on fire or sets your teeth on edge. Pick one. I don't care. Don't merge them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just kind of what it was. As I was trying to get, and they were two writers who i like quite a bit one was a uh former guest and oh, one is just uh 
someone who's not been a guest. So that, that would have been better if I had two guests. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's not like I it came in with my knives out for this movie. That's that's not what it was. In fact, I was really that's a movie. Really excited for it. I was about to say, are you going to have your knives out when we see knives out? I mean, I think that trailer looks like garbage, but so it is Ryan Johnson, though. So to be determined, <laughs> we're going to find out that Mike doesn't like Ryan Johnson. Mm. Ryan Johnson's fine. Ryan Johnson's fine. He doesn't like The Last Jedi. Mm. Jedi's fine. I was on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Still couldn't figure out your tastes on the podcast. <laughs> Still undetermined. There was a lot of hemming and hawing. You said SJW and snowflakes a few times. <laughs> Hashtag not my Jedi. I don't know. It was weird. Flip <laughs> lightsaber, and I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't watch the the fucking trailer today, but I saw the the flip phone lightsaber, and I was like, what What is this? So <laughs> it's. it's, it's it's, it's definitely a vision, so it's not a real thing. But JJ yeah. Abrams loves to create convoluted, pointless, and extremely dangerous lightsabers for his yes. people to use. Because <laughs> first he had the little arc jet, you know, broadsword thing that Kylo Ren has, and everyone was like, wouldn't you cut your hand? Wouldn't you chop off your own wrist? It's not going to stop a blade from moving down. No one even knows how friction between lightsabers works. What is the point? And now he's like, oh, that wasn't good enough for you? Here, she's got a flip phone lightsaber now, which is just like the quickest way to cut off your fucking foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could spend an entire podcast talking about what a disaster that movie looks like, but I uh, sent out a tweet earlier today that I think sums up my feelings, so I don't feel like I need to. Okay. Yeah, send all hate mail to Brian. <laughs> it was the more I see of this, the more it feels like J.J. Abrams pulling that classic, no, you didn't shoot me, I was wearing a bulletproof vest, and now you're dead move that shitty kids on playgrounds do when someone alters their desired narrative. Nuh-uh. Yeah, no, you, like, you didn't hit me, no. It's like, dude, come on, just die already. <laughs> so who in this context do you want to die? I think J.J. Abrams is furious with Ryan Johnson right now. <laughs> I think that like they're going to meet at the Golden Globes one year and J.J. Abrams is going to say, oh, nice to meet you. And, and think that like, it's a pretty sick burn. And then he's going to carry him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he is a small man. Um, anyway. Right. Did I not. answer the question? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. It was just curious because you were like, I don't know. I, I understand the... Um, the desire not to give in to some sort of, yeah, I, I don't want to say condescension, but like some sort of uh, hyperbole, I guess is the word you used when people are like fawning all over a movie, you know, it's the best thing ever. I mean, we've had this a few times, like when we all saw La La Land and we're like, uh oh, <laughs> none of us liked this. And then we didn't get a different <laughs> Yeah, and then we were just like, it is too late to get a guest, because I think I saw that movie the day we were going to do it, and I was like, it's fine, I'll like it, I liked Whiplash. <laughs> um, and so it's it's just weird to me that, like, it's it's one of those things where you saw that, and then you responded by, like, trying to snuff, or at least, like, counteract, like, just the genuine enthusiasm of some film fans on a Slack channel. Um but it, it it does make sense. There is there is a bit of that. But like I said to you that day, I was like, you know, this isn't 
the newest Damien Chazelle film. It's not a Marvel film where it's like, oh, Black Panther is the best movie ever created. Oh, wait, no, now Captain Marvel is the best movie ever created. Like, it just seems like such a small movie <laughs> to to get that upset about and to take that stance on. I think it's just I, I think I'm just feeling a certain sense <clears throat> of fatigue with how a few things get rallied around really hard and it it happens with horror and i i know i i know you guys like adore crawl and i I like crawl but even like (laughs) even Uh, that i I did not adore it i okay uh, bill uh, you were i think bill liked it the least of us all yeah yeah but what what i'm saying is like i it's just there's something it's not just that I'm broken inside. Like it's also that just the way that these set narratives go around a few films, specifically horror every year, it just gets, it gets a little tired to me. And I think there was some almost prefab cult classic quality around this one that, that did, that I was skeptical of. It didn't necessarily like bother me or well, put me in a bad, but you said at the top or it, while we were kind of chatting off mic, sure. I think, um, although we were still on mic. I don't know why people say that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, cause, cause we're on Skype, so there's no other way for us to chat. We're not recording. Um, Pre-roll. Yeah, we were, we were not recording. Um, you had mentioned that it felt like you had seen this movie three months ago, right? That was that was not during the recording. Correct. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think it it is one of these, especially that feels like I. I mean, it, it the trailer has been everywhere, which is totally fine. But it, it I think there was also just a. It, it's just weird when some of these marketing. It's not even marketing campaigns in this case. In, in this case, it was the critical reaction when they rally around certain movies and like you know when i when i hear someone like be like this is up there with heathers i'm like all right guys chill (laughs) (laughs) like like it's just but there was just some things especially that felt such a prefab cult classic quality to me uh, a, a narrative around this you know that you know, I guess I should have just ignored because it's not an auteur work. It's not, as you're saying, a franchise piece. And what? Why the fuck am I talking so much? Why, is, <laughs> why did this come to me? Because we can't talk about like the good stuff until we get into spoilers, and we can talk about how awesome it is. So now we're just uh, picking on you, <laughs> using you as a talking point. But I, I will just say, like this doesn't have the like when this is self-satisfied it's for the right reasons like i think when this does nail like the morally vacant smug rich people stuff i think that works and i think that there is the humor sometimes aligns with that it's it's just that i found so much of the whole of it to be uh, composed of caricatures that I had that I lost interest real early on. Um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say around the time she's in the stable was around the time where I was already getting off. Is that off really board. early on? I would say so. With the goats? Uh, 
Like Better half, Watch Out, half? by the way, is the name of the movie I was trying to remember from last year. That oh. is indeed a Christmas name, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's not from last year. It's from apparently 2016, but it, it sticks in my mind as just the ultimate in up-your-own-ass horror film. Okay, there's – so I typed in Better Watch Out into the search bar. Um, sure. And the first thing that came up is a news item from 32 hours ago on Slash Film called Horror Thriller Limbo coming from Better Watch Out director Chris Peckover. Oh. It doesn't surprise me that Slash Film would be all over this film. All I want to know, and I won't click on the link because I don't want to be proven wrong, is this a horror movie about the game of Limbo? Oh, I hope. So, oh. so there's like a razor blade that's swinging through a house and people have to keep bending over lower. <laughs> <laughs> i mean isn't there definitely a saw trap that's just basically that it's this yeah, would be like much. saw for athletes it would be Rock such one. a beautiful bit of synchronicity <laughs> if we're here talking about a movie that uses hide and seek as its modus operandi and this movie's like limbo <laughs> pin the tail on the donkey <laughs> You know, old maid, if there's you, still an opportunity. If you played it at your fourth birthday party, we're making a horror movie out of it. <laughs> Red Rover. <laughs> Connect four. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, Operation, I've already seen that in a few different movies. So they yeah, got that no, covered. Yeah, you can't. That's, no, there's enough of that. What is that? It's called Awake, right? With uh, Hayden Christensen and Terrence Howard. Oh, killer shout out. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> one of those movies where i said the name and i was like shit okay cast think of has-beens <laughs> oh poor terrence oh boy but yeah better watch out it's real bad um yeah no it, i i've said my piece i want to hear you guys uh bond over this like well, seriously say, it's like, fine. i i loved the the height of depravity and nonsense that this movie went to with its characters like i i love that there's no subtext to these people because years of wealth and privilege have bred out of them any need to be good or even just nice and polite like she's up there (laughs) she's up there in her room with her fiance and she's like you know, oh, like, you know, I really wanted a wedding. I'm so happy that, like, you know, your family and all this stuff. And she's like, I just don't think that they like me. And it cuts to Henry Sesnerny. God, why do I suck at his name so much? Zerny. Zerny. Who I will always remember for that scene in Mission Impossible when he's talking to Tom Cruise in the aquarium restaurant. Yeah, yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah. This is the way he he's Mr. Hunt. <laughs> yeah, his America whole is a very expensive saying. proposition. <laughs> yeah, he's That's fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just cut to him and he's like, I really don't like her. <laughs> like at the wedding photos, just like 14 feet away from her. And he's just like, man, you know, God, not a fan. And Andy mm-hmm. McDowell walks over to her and she's like, oh, man, you know, we're quite a handful, aren't we? And just the ant and the wait staff and this is another movie much like uh hobbs and shaw where uh, the women's eye makeup is on point <laughs> and they're all just staring it's the most awkward thing on earth and she feels it and knows it but she's just like well the rich are different 
And um, again, it's just a level of, of opulence in terms of both setting and characters and storytelling that's just kind of fun. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It's it, I just loved how little they tried to cover anything up or hide anything. And I love the fact that like they tie the devil into it and it's just very clear up front, but you're kind of always wondering in the movie, like, should we get into spoilers? Well, no, I'm, uh, well, that's the thing I was going to say is you're never sure how much they're going to get into it. Cause like they, yeah. they've got the devil imagery. They've clearly got a satanic vibe to them, but you're like, are they like, is this, is this just like a thing that I'm feeling or are they going to really go for it? And sure. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is actually the way that the movie ties rich people into knots over like this concept of like, oh, we like to keep things the old ways, like the family ways, like, you know, the traditions that are important to us, sure. except the parts that are inconvenient. And so like the surveillance cameras. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's like these people who are like, oh, family matters, like, you know, uh, the American family. But then the guy who's saying that has been divorced like four times because he keeps cheating on people. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know, fucking... Not to get too political, but Donald Trump. <laughs> like oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's not political at all. <laughs> no, at this point, it just feels like a very easy punchline. Um, and then the main guy looks like Jared. We haven't mentioned that yet, but my oh my, does he look like Jared. From Subway? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is the... Oh, oh, Jared Kushner. Yes. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> oh, boy. I, okay, no, see, the no, problem he's a is... a pedophile, not a murderer. <laughs> you said... You said Jared, and my first my first idea was the Galleria of Jewelry. <laughs> you went to Jared's. Yeah, they went to Jared's. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, like, for me, that all is just icing on the cake, because in general, I found the kind of, like, slapsticky, nonsensical like just the the parade of incompetence and everything to be really funny uh, i don't know mike mazanti did you feel similarly like did you do you feel like this movie operates at the kind of thoughtful level that i'm going for and do you also feel that it could be like split in half and remove one and it's still a good time definitely um and it was weird because like i don't know while i was watching it i knew that i was going to be I, I assumed i was going to be be talking about it and so i kept like kind of being like oh maybe i should look for sort of a like a talking point or you know things to come up with but it, just the way that the whole thing moves i i just kept finding myself being swept up in it and i wouldn't really have time to like pause and think about stuff um because i don't know it's just like it is really just everyone's op operating at such a level that um I think if it was two hours long, it would be like extremely grating. But I think because there's always kind of one or two things going on at once um, and just again, it's pace. I just was like, I don't know, continually had something to engage with, even if it was just like Samara Weaving's like facial expressions, because I think she's just doing like awesome, awesome stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, just like not even scene chew a sort of scene chewing but not i don't know she just she kills it but she leans into a an expressiveness yes of the face that i think a lot of these movies kind of get away from and i think that this movie having that prete uh, not pretension but that desire to be openly comedic allows her to do some some very interesting things with like her expression 
Yeah, she unlocks a lot in her expressions, and I feel like a lot of the other actors don't. I feel like like someone like at least like Adam Brody is a lot more obviously restrained, and I think that that contrast is really good. But yeah, I think you could remove any of the quote unquote subtext, and it still just works really well, especially because I think it just kind of gets in and gets out. Um, but again, I did at the by the end at least was actually having some ideas come into my head, which made it better for me than I kind of thought it was going to be. I don't know. It's just, it's just so fun. Yeah. That's, I guess like that's going to be one of the hardest hurdles for me to get over in terms of understanding Michael's lack of, lack of like good feelings about this movie is that like it is in my mind, just fun. It changes enough and often enough. It's, it gets a little repetitive towards the end, which we could talk about in spoilers. Mm -hmm. But to my mind, that's, that's almost like another one of those like sideshow Bob stepping on a rake things. (laughs) <laughs> where it just the like the third or fourth time something happens i'm just like oh my god it's happening again <laughs> i cannot believe this um but yeah it's just like to my mind it's just like how can you how can you not like just how how fun and stupid and like just gruesome and, and interesting this is uh, but bill graham what about you like did you did you feel all that mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what was that noise? I mean, you you gave me a lot to feel. Um, well, I'm just. I guess my question is like, did you did you more enjoy this as like a satire or just like a bloody good time at the movies? It still cut both ways. I thought um, certainly some characters in this film try and kind of paint that picture uh, a little bit too often, a little bit too too many times, where they're like, "Man, my family's fucked up because they're rich." Oh boy, and you're just <laughs> like, "I get it. I got it. I know this." Okay, let's move on. Um, because the film doesn't really delve into that that much, um, and it it. it it almost is window dressing in, in some sense, um, but I still feel like the satirical nature of the entire adventure is still kind of omnipresent throughout this film. I mean, it, it reminded me a lot of like the most dangerous game mm-hmm. in a way. And um, I don't know. It, it was it was in interesting to see kind of the wrinkles that they added to it whether it's like certain weaponry and and things of that nature um but i mean overall it's it it does just kind of envelop you as a film that you're supposed to just kind of sit back and enjoy and i think uh you know i mentioned it kind of at the start but it has some of these kind of mysteries that that it that linger. Um, it reminds me a lot of of maybe even a dumber, less fun John Wick, where it it seeds a lot of these kind of little mysteries and these little kind of touches, whether it's like the satanic cult kind of behind some of this stuff potentially, and like all of these other kind of ritualistic um modes and the history of the family and all of this stuff is really kind of interesting and it's just interesting enough that you're like oh that was kind of interesting and you stop thinking about it because if you you know it's it's just like anything where you start wondering about john wick and you're like how many assassins are there in this world like how how does this economy work (laughs) yeah yeah, 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 i don't get it does everybody have this as a as a side hustle like uh you know hashtag uh assassin for hire um is that is that just like a trending thing all the time 
Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed a lot of the little details of this film that made it special for me beyond just like the overall uh, narrative because yeah, we've seen some of these characters. We've seen some of these kind of things kind of play out, but I do think some of the little details are, are a lot of fun. Um, and I, I mean, I gotta say a, uh, I'll ask this and y'all can quickly answer. Hopefully y'all know, um, because I just don't, a don't want to look it up and B I imagine that some of our listeners probably are wondering this too. And I'll save them a Google search. Uh, Samara, is that Hugo weaving's daughter or some kind of relation? I think I heard niece. I think it's niece. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. cool. Um, uh, she is fantastic, and she is put through the fucking ringer in this movie. And I'm glad Michael mentioned Drag Me to Hell because it does remind me of that poor, poor woman's uh, <laughs> kind of trek throughout that film, which you know she basically ends up at the other end, and she's just you're just like holy fuck. Um, what was what was the movie by the uh, the guys that did the Blair Witch? Uh, you're next. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're next. Um, mm-hmm. God, whatever happened to her? Uh, Charlton Veneer or yeah, the, oh, the Charlie, final girl. Charlie in that. Vincent. Oh, yeah, she's Charlie so Vincent. good. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, she's yeah. so fucking good. And then it was just like, cool. I guess that's the only movie that's ever going to make good use of her again. Um, <laughs> yeah, that you know, it, it sucks because the Hollywood machine, in in a lot of ways, just kind of churn out these women and then just move on to the next well that's the um, that's that's one of the things that we talked about with like crawl and we brought it back to um to the shallows is that like in another era samara weaving would be a girl who's in a bunch of like romantic comedies and like you know level up to some bigger dramas and stuff and a lot of these these actresses like you know you watch them here and you're just like, well, I can't wait until she gets like a bit part in some Marvel movie and ends up being cast like as a, as a, an Easter egg in like three other Marvel movies. So she can just live off those royalties for the rest of her life. Or ends up a regular on a procedural even. Yeah. Like she'll get the next CSI Vancouver or something <laughs> like that. You know, like they're running out of cities. I feel like, you know, that would be the most honest though. I, I mean, don't they probably shoot in Vancouver? <laughs> Yeah. These days. It's um it's like the X Files where it's just like, all right, what are the parts of America that we can make in Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, it's it's so I love I love movies like this just because it gives again, like we said during Crawl, these these actresses a chance to do some fun shit. It's mm-hmm. great. It, it's like Samara Weaving, like I don't know if I I don't I don't want to start ranking people just based on what they've done, but like Samara Weaving here do does it. like I said fantastic work. She gets to do a few a little more range than anyone else has been able to do because this does go for like the comedic mm-hmm. side of things. And I like just this movie lives and dies on her performance and just her face alone. Not in like a Ooh, she's hot kind of way, but like in the expressiveness, in what she is willing herself to do and in what she allows herself to be put through and to like remain on her, you know, it's just, she's, she's so there. She's so present. And the final shot of this movie is uh. just like a perfect encapsulation of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I might be in the margins, but like 
I, I just tend to watch more genre stuff than dramas and stuff, but I just feel like there is a certain like action and horror, like allow actors to showcase just a certain type of like physicalization, but also like facial expressions that mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't find that anywhere else. And I just find it to be such a joy to watch. And it might look like it's easy to do once cause it seems bigger, but like there's so many little things that they're doing too, that I just think it's, it's just always really special to me, and it's always such a joy to watch when someone nails it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, there, I love it. Really, it's like a, a secondary level to uh, Smart Weaven's performance in the sense of like, I, I think it is interesting nonetheless that you know, Brian. I mean, you're absolutely right that she does get like more room to uh, you know more room in this performance than you know something like The Shallows, which is way less comedic or something, but like. I, I do think, nonetheless, it, it is very interesting how she doesn't really give in to the the comedy. Like, you know, you already mentioned how you like, you know, when when Samara Weaving says something like "fuck," like it's it, it's it's a primal scream. It, it's it's yeah. her <laughs> yep. roar, and like she also gets she also has a this sounds very strange, but a wonderful scream in mm. in one of the last scenes. This oh great, my God. like yes like shuddering uh yeah to almost like shuddering yodel but uh yeah it's I, I do find that stuff uh really fascinating and I, I think the movie does does make good on some of that stuff i i think it's just i i think it does a a, a disservice by continually taking her away from kind of the main characters though. Like I, I think there's something missing maybe for me in how they could potentially play off each other more, which m- might explain why I like earlier or, or I like some of the early stuff a little bit more than later stuff. I, I'm, I, I'm just talking right now. This isn't necessarily thoughts I had down, but I do want to say uh, Samara Weaving is definitely doing some interesting stuff here, and I I look forward to seeing her, uh, I in a with a different script. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's the script for me at the end of the day. Yeah, no. What's great is that she's playing, <clears throat> she's playing like the straight role. Um, yeah, she's not. She's clearly not as heightened as everyone else in this movie. Mm-hmm. She is the one who all the emotion is flowing through, but it doesn't, it doesn't make her less of an interesting character. She's not stoic. She's just responding the way that you feel that you would with, like you said, the, the, what is it? The shuddering yodel, which is now the name of yeah. my, uh, Swiss core band <laughs> <laughs> and, um, everything else. It's, it's great. And I think that she is like 90% of the reason this movie works. And then the rest of it is like, I just, I loved, I loved Adam Brody. I loved, I loved his crappy wife. I loved the sister, and I loved um, Kevin or no Christian Brune as uh, the the brother-in-law who mm. has to try, try to figure out how to work a crossbow. Who spends most of his time on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, which is just it's so perfect. That is legitimately how. Like let's, I let's I, let's let's jump into spoilers because I yeah, definitely want to sure. talk about like a lot of this stuff and, yeah. and just have fun with it because that's that's where this movie really kind of unlocks is is when it starts to have fun. And that's and that's like a great moment for that because like 
again, just talking about how this movie will weirdly dip its toe back into reality just to highlight the absurdity is like anytime that something goes wrong, I'm just like, well, I'm going to go on YouTube and see if someone has a poorly made like star wipe filter Microsoft movie maker <laughs> tutorial on how to fix this problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's get into spoilers. Let's talk about this movie and how uh, everyone explodes at the end. Yeah, <laughs> very cabin in the woods like ending. <clears throat> yeah, I loved it. I um, so throughout the throughout the watching this movie, they talk about Mr. LaBelle and this concept. They tell this long meandering story that like everyone in the theater and everyone at the table knows is a story of why they do like a weird satanic ritual. <laughs> and Samara Weaving's just sitting there with that same bemused, bewildered smile that she's had on all of her wedding photos. Just like, this is great. This is wonderful. I just want to go have sex with my husband and then get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're like holding this puzzle box and speaking the mysteries of the universe. And she's just like, I just have to make a good impression on my in-laws. And throughout the movie, I'm like, are these people just crazy? Like, is this is this nuts or is it real? Because like they have the chair and all this other stuff and they drop in little hints. And I just couldn't decide because there's there's a point when I'm really liking a movie where I think the best way for this movie to end would be X. And Mm -hmm. the example I always use is when I was watching The Grey. And Liam Neeson is saying the poem and he's getting ready to fight the wolf. And I'm like, I'm going to love it if this cuts right after he like jumps into battle. Yes. And it did. And I like sat there and I just said to myself, masterpiece. Um, <laughs> I walked out like shaking when that movie was over. So this movie, I'm like, I can't tell what I want. Like, I, can, I don't know if I want her to finish them off one by one. I can't tell if I want them to get to the next day and then realize this is all bullshit and then like try to laugh it off or something. Or I can't tell if I want them to like explode and uh mm-hmm. i get both <laughs> mm-hmm. because they don't explode as soon as they assume they're gonna explode <laughs> which only makes their exploding that much funnier yes. because you get to witness their like shame and uncertainty and then you get to watch them explode <laughs> yeah it's like they realize they're not vampires and then <laughs> so yeah, like the light like... hits them and they're just like no oh. <sighs> poking themselves they're like oh well this was bullshit <laughs> I thought Mark O'Brien was pretty bland as a whole, but I will say I thought he sold that last bit, you know, where he's uh, decided he's going to take up the role as the patriarch. And then, and then he's like, I, I don't I don't want to die. This is I, I, I want to live. I, I can be so much better. <laughs> he's trying to like hold her and she's just like, this is this is not happening. Yeah, no. It was that was I, I I enjoyed him as like the bland, ineffectual guy who's trying to like save his wife and he's he's the loser of the family of of these weird roustabouts. And then yeah, his like turn and everything, and then his his pathetic attempt to get back in her good graces after selling <laughs> her out and stabbing her. It takes him a long time to get those handcuffs out of the the bedpost. I, I can't say I've ever tried that, but it just I am felt shocked like he that was he was able to do it. While. At all. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still shocked that he was able to accomplish that. Period. Like I, I, I was want, impressed. I need a MythBusters on that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was about to say, Bill, the- you 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 want to jump into spoilers and talk about stuff? Yeah. Um, I love the guns. I love the the weapons in this film. I love that. Um, 
at one point the the wife of Michael uh, what's what's his name Cerniak, uh his wife like <laughs> Andy five, McDowell no 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 oh I'm sorry I'm sorry uh the the guy from the OC uh what what Adam is his Brody. Name? Adam Brody Adam yeah his wife finally gets the chance to like like find her and he and she's like yes. I got this bitch. And like she shoots off some kind of like giant dart gun or something. Like, I don't I think, know. Yeah, she has like the crossbow or something and she she fucking misses and kills an hawk. It was that what happened? Yeah, she like because that's when Samara Weaving's running across the uh yeah. running across the field and she's like, Yo. I've got her. And she lines up this <laughs> shot, and I'm like, that's an impossible shot. It's like three hundred yards and you have like a bow and arrow or like a crossbow. Again, I saw this movie a week ago and I don't remember all the particulars. And it like <laughs> sails off in a completely different direction. And then you hear a hawk squawk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Like that's, that's so great that they make these kind of impossible odds and then they give this family just dumb fuck weapons. And you're just like, <laughs> ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, I I see what's going on here. Because you know, if, if they gave them like submachine guns or or a shotgun, God forbid, you know, it would. And I do like how originally I thought, and I wish they would have stuck with it. But originally I thought that they were just gonna try and kill her, right? Just just blanket, just try and kill her. And at some point they mention. No, you have to maim her. Why'd you shoot the help in the head? <laughs> you were supposed to be aiming for the center of mass anyways. Like you shouldn't have been aiming for the head, period. And they have this kind of discussion. And I guess it kind of plays out in the way that that the film kind of ends towards, you know, um, with some of the ritual and things like that. But it doesn't seem like they couldn't have just murdered her ahead of time and then still performed the ritual i don't know i don't no, know because the they, they had to wait has... and see if the the game of hide and seek came up no no i'm talking about afterwards so no, so so originally they wait what i'm confused by your question <laughs> so it wasn't a question or um, assumption Yes, my assumption was that they were going to just try and blanket kill her, period, nope. and not have to, uh, you know, save her for some kind of ritual. And so I thought that was a clever wrinkle that they kind of threw in into the middle of the movie where they were like, no, 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 we're not supposed to just kill her, kill her. We're supposed to shoot her, maim her, and yeah. then drag her off to perform this ritual. All we need is to catch her. So that we can yes. then ritually sacrifice her. And so I thought I thought that was a nice wrinkle that they mm -hmm. kind of sprinkled in because I was wondering, like, there's like seven of them hunting one girl. Like, I, like even if you give them dumb fuck weapons, like at some point the odds are just not in her favor. And I was just like, I don't understand what's what's keeping them from just murdering her, you know, two times over. Yeah, because but and, they're just like shoot to wound. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, the, the movie does a lot of stuff like that that I find to be clever. And uh, people could tell me if they disagree, Michael. And um, <laughs> one of the one of them is the fact that like I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't understand if she if everyone who enters this family has to play hide and seek. Like, 
What did they just say? Mm, like the annulment mm. rate is incredibly high. Sure, that's <laughs> like, the exact thing I was wondering too. Yeah, but then the movie, you know, they they do this whole speech and they're like, you know, oh, like you know, you know, the the box will tell us what we have to play, and they're like, yeah, I just had to play checkers. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I had to play old maid. Don't even know what that game is, and. Yep. So it was kind of interesting to find out that, like, they are not a group of manhunters who are used to this. They've only had to do it, like, once in the last 60 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I I really liked that whole... The, the comment, then, about everyone who married into the family and knew that that was a possibility mm-hmm. became very potent for me. Like, Adam Brody's wife, you know, he brings it up with her and he's like, I think that we might be bad people. Like, I think this is bad. I think we're soulless. And I think maybe we deserve to die. And she, you know, brings up like, I came from a bad place. I want to be rich as shit. I don't give a damn. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. it was worth it. Like, I, if the, the options were become part of this family and like, f- I don't know, 20% chance that I have to die or not become a part of this family, I would rather be dead than where I was. So I will do this. And then when her son <laughs> shoots Samara weaving through the hand with a derringer and she punches him, in the face, which was a big laugh moment for me. Um, and she, the, 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 the mother says like, I don't think my children deserve to die. And then the kid like wakes up and says like, I tried to kill her. Like everyone else was doing. And she's like, Oh, that's my good boy. I was like, yeah, (laughs) this is at once disturbing and funny, but also it could be seen as a comment on the kind of deal with the devil that you make when you have this opulent wealth that clearly exists because, you are hoarding it and possibly exploiting the working class. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stuff like that was great. I also just love, you know, like Bill, like you said, there's a kind of fun narrative economy and humor to the fact that we're wondering like, so they're just going to shoot her in the face and then be done with it. Right. And then the, the, the daughter gets dressed down, not only for killing the maid who was apparently everyone's favorite maid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also for shooting her in the face. Cause they're like, God damn it. If that had been Samara weaving, then we'd be fucked because we need to sacrifice her. You shoot to wound. Don't shoot in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that everyone keeps asking if all the murdered maids will count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we just sacrifice them? Does, does that, that work? No, no? Does, does that count? And the, the aunt like flips the fuck out. <laughs> every single time yeah yeah i also love that they're not like super manhunters because i the trailer made it seem like they were fully prepared for the Mm -hmm. game of hide and seek and i love that they weren't because it was even just a great moment and almost not really but almost sympathy for them when you see their expressions when she gets the card because they're kind of just as terrified as they're more terrified than she is because she doesn't know at that point what they're what they're actually doing um and that really allowed for like them to be really inept because it means they don't do it every time someone gets, you know, hitched. But I also just love that it made things less kind of less overtly sinister and more just kind of like goofy in a certain way. And I just thought that was a clever way to to introduce that because I think a lot of other stories with this premise would have kind of just made them like uber killers. Right, They're not the, the firefly flammy or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Which then you have to wonder, like, how are they so inept at this? How is this girl, like, getting over on them? And uh, the answer is that they are a bunch of rich people who are, you know, hardly... They're they're barely fit to operate a toaster, let alone a crossbow, <laughs> for sacrificing sure. someone. And yeah, like, I, I just found... very few meals 
by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I just found all that stuff to be very fun. I like I love that you see the the stable full of goats and the charnel house at the bottom of it and you're like god they got a lot of fucking goats and then the they nail. they kind of drib and drab information out like there's a point where he uh Mark O'Brien's character Alex her husband is talking to his mom and says I think it was there was a moment when I was sawing through the neck of a goat for another <laughs> sacrifice mm-hmm. when I thought this can't be normal <laughs> yes and it just like like you said, Bill, it, it lends this kind of rich atmosphere and history to everything that's going on. Yeah, they they have they certainly have a lot of uh history with each other. And I think the the game itself, like the whole mystery around that is a lot of fun, especially the first time through. You know, I mean there is this idea of like what is a twist versus what is like I can't remember what what the terminology is, but like basically, what is a good twist versus a bad twist, and and does a bad twist mean that when you rewatch a film, that some of that mystery and some of that kind of punch is taken out of it, and I think there's still some mystery in this film to be had, but certainly the first. And kind of the the whole idea is, okay, are they going to – you the, – the film does a good job of basically initially seeding the idea that this family isn't just in it for just the fun and games. They think that they're going to die if they don't kill her. Right. Mm-hmm. Either either they think they're literally going to die or they think that all their money and wealth is basically going to be stripped away from them in, in some fashion. Right. Um, and so that's kind of their their momentum. And the film does a good job of that. And I feel like you as an audience member are still kind of wondering that until kind of those final moments where you're just like, Oh, Holy shit. Yeah. There, there is a guy in that chair. Like that's fucking weird, you know? And then I guess it was a satanic cult after all. Um, and so like there is some fun to be had out of that, I think. Um, whereas I think an average film like this that would go down this route, wouldn't have some of that nuance and wouldn't have some of that kind of fun. I think it would have all been spoiled maybe in the trailer or stuff like that. This film was more than just a single pitch line. It had a little bit more kind of something to chew on beyond that. Um, right, because it, it would be incredibly easy for them to lazily say, like, all right, so this girl marries in this family, and the family's like, all right, now we got to play hide-and-seek, and if we kill you, you lose, and if you win... You're part of the family. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we would be sitting here going with all the all the stuff that we usually do. It's like, you know, I wonder how many times they kill someone. Like, why aren't they better at this? Like, uh, mm-hmm. what's, what's, their, what's their backyard look like with all the holes they have to dig for the sure. people? Yeah, <laughs> like, like literally if they did this, you know, with any frequency, this would be like 
they would they would literally have like a movie to go see at like eight thirty, and this would be a ceremony that starts at seven, right? They would be like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're we're gonna get this done in about thirty minutes, yeah, right?" Like, this in like and still make the trailers. <laughs> yeah, like like this is gonna be fine. I I have I can still order some popcorn. I'm I'm ready to go, you know. And it's just like, yeah, no, they're a bunch of dumb fucks too. Um, and, and, and that's, that is kind of the, the genius of it and the fun of it is that you give that wrinkle and you don't give it the wrinkle of, no, they're just incompetent. It's more of, they just don't do this a lot and they would rather not do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, you know, there's kind of family members that are self-sabotaging, whether, you know, it's the cokehead sister or and cokehead, uh, cokehead and every other drug it seemed on earth. Um, and you know, obviously the, the, uh, husband to be, or I guess at that point, husband, uh, <laughs> is, uh, also self-sabotaging the whole game. And, uh, even Adam Brody is kind of, you know, that, that middle ground character where you're never quite sure where he's going to end up. And yeah, I, I appreciated a lot of that. Um, and then, and then the gargoyle grandma, which is <laughs> just fun. Michael Snydell, you've now heard the three of us talk about all the cool little, you know, thoughtful touches that we liked in this movie. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I was hearing some people compare this to to Schitt's Creek, which I think is a really unfair comparison. But I I can't help but think that uh, why is that unfair? Because I think it, Schitt's Creek, even from the beginning, did a lot more interesting things in saying anything about people being rich, other than the fact that look, rich people don't have time for empathy. Uh, I, I think that. These characters that you're talking about are, are very one note. Uh, the, the cokehead sister I found very irritating from <laughs> frame one. Um, sure. I uh, I thought Annie McDowell was like really underused. I thought Henry Zerny was really underused. Uh, the, the other family members, I just – I didn't think they – added much and then i i think the bigger problem for me again is that uh i just felt that this was a very circular script in the sense that i i felt like it kind of kept painting itself into corners and then would decide okay well someone's got to capture her again all right she's got to get away someone's got to capture her again and and that that just became really boring for me very quickly. Part of that is like that whole long tangent with the, the main Butler. I didn't find particularly compelling. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just found almost none of this family very interesting with the exception of Adam Brody and then making him sympathetic or even kind of putting him in the middle feels like a easy thing to do. I think that early on there's an interesting ambiguity to the scene where he uh, is going for a drink and he's like, I will give you a five second head start. And he gives her like, you know, yeah, he it's a gives 10, her 10 second. seconds. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like, I'll give you 10 seconds. And he's like, one Mississippi. One, one and a half Two Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> yep. 
two and three fourths (laughs) Mississippi. Like, I like that scene, but I think the way that he becomes closer to good, it feels just kind of, it feels characteristic of the entire movie to me, which just feels kind of toothless. To be honest, I was kind of surprised that they did end up uh, killing everyone at the end. Like, that felt like the the first time that the grisliness was actually coming through in terms of their them getting their comeuppance like uh, before that like you know you get some gory things with the help with like which, <laughs> uh, which the, mob, the mother gets smashed to pieces yeah i know in a in a scene that i didn't think was particularly uh well shot or staged either oh, really? so like no I, I no i like i i guess I guess I'm just disagreeing with you guys about how this movie actually feels from moment to moment. But I uh, I mean, I'm glad it's not shaky cam, but <laughs> I just really didn't think this movie was very well shot. I, oh, I, I, I don't like the cinematography that a lot of people like. Again, extreme minority in this stuff. But yeah, uh, you are, damn. Yeah, just it uh, it didn't feel good to me even like you know when a killing happens i thought it would either i i just don't think that these two directors have good instincts when it comes to holding on you know someone next to the person who died or uh like there were times where i thought it held too long there were times that i thought it went to the next scene too quickly like it's just uh none of the rhythms here uh were, were sharp to me uh, they just kind of continually fell flat. Um, the one, the one gory thing that got to me, which I, I kind of like, uh, I can't remember what I mentioned, but the the nail when she's climbing up, yeah, just oh, a great moment. A hand through the nail. That was the one where I'm like, yes, give me more of this. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I said, I said out loud in the theater, oh no, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she and did she, it. <laughs> Yeah, and then she kind of rends her flesh trying to get through the gate, which I thought was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, she she puts herself through some stuff in this film for sure. But Can yeah. I, oh no, go ahead. No, no, no. That's that's honestly the end of it. It's you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, you're wrong quite often. Um, Mike Mazanti, what were you gonna? Say? Oh yeah, I just wanted to circle back to the. I mean, I I agree that I think. From the moment to moment scene with the every family member, it is sort of like, yeah, rich people don't have any empathy. But the thing for me that when I finally started kind of getting ideas near the end was this might sound kind of convoluted or like kind of far reaching. But when when there's like the fake out ending, I and I was like, oh, OK, they're going to do it like it's kind of like, haha, fuck rich people. Like there is no actual deal with the devil. And they're just they're sort of being stupid and they're convincing themselves that they have to commit atrocities for, you know, for their own wealth, um, which does resonate because they are doing that because they don't actually know whether or not there is a deal at this point. But what I liked about the actual ending is for me, it feels like the reveal underneath of it is that there's like actually institutions in place where these rich people or their ancestors even like buy into a system that like props up and supports them committing atrocities against, you know, lesser privileged people like their the the maids and, you know, anyone that kind of buys into the family. Right. And rewards um, them for it. Exactly. And I, I 
that was something to me that struck me at the end that even if it's kind of maybe you could say it's underbaked, but it was really kind of profound for me and, and really insidious. And even though it's all kind of a that moment is all played for laughs and it feels like a comeuppance for them, there's still something going on that that rang true for me in a way that I, I kind of wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I wish I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried. No, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a while since I've uh, we've gotten a good like most dangerous game style. I, I think Bill already name checked most dangerous mm-hmm. game, but it's been a while since we've got a movie like this. So you know, I was hoping to hoping to love it. Like, and I, <laughs> I hope you guys don't take me being quiet for long periods of time as like. You know, like I'm happy to hear you guys like, you know, uh, be very excited about it. So I did picture you with your arms crossed. <laughs> you know, this is why we don't do video podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, Mike's just sitting there, just shaking his head. <laughs> Fucking Mike. He's got the microphone meter. He's like, no, no. So. <laughs> I um I was curious I I was like is is this concept of a Mr. LaBelle like you know is that like an old scratch type name like is that something that's come up in history oh, and um so I looked all right, here we go I looked yeah. and this this is not an answer but this is just a dumb article I found cool <laughs> it's um it's a it's an article on Bustle and it says who's Mr. LaBelle in Ready or Not the mystery benefactor has some strict rules and the entire thing is just a breakdown of everything that we know in the movie and then just says like, so we don't really know who he is. Like he's clearly the ah, devil, but the like fuck? we don't know. And I'm like, what the fuck is the point of this article? And you know, YouTube explain the endings exist, right? Right. Like It's, it's like <laughs> that. It's like, who is Mr. LaBelle? He's the devil. He made the family do this. It's like, that's in the movie. I wanted to know if there's like a name, like if this LaBelle, even like if it's just like, it's a it's an analogy for the name of some sort of demon. But no, this movie is just like, here, I'm going to tell you everything that happens in the movie. And I'm going to say that, uh, you know, yep. is it is it spelled B-A-E-L? It's I think it's B-A-I-L. Yeah, it's oh, the bail because okay. there's a B-A-A-L bail demon. And that's kind of what I thought it was referencing. But then if it's Ooh. spelled differently, then I don't know if that. Oh, I think there's multiple spellings of this demon, but it's like a three headed demon i don't know it has like a cat's head and a frog's head i don't i don't really know entirely but this is this is getting dangerously close to our uh that what, time what, hereditary yeah yes the time hereditary. that we almost summoned king payman <laughs> yes you only refer, refer him to as king payman yeah, or doctor is it is it professor payman he prefers doctor i think okay doctor <laughs> Doctor. I got an incantation right here. Do you guys want to saw your soul? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. All Let's right. do Sounds it. Good. Everybody hold hands. <laughs> now, just like this family has a tradition, we too are starting a tradition on this podcast. Yes. Oh, I think I know We're what's coming. This. Yep. It's the does the dog die.com <laughs> game. Can we get a theme song? I feel like there needs to be trumpets or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that would have been something to think about before this <laughs> this moment. <sighs> yeah, I uh, that would be that would be great. I just don't know even where I would just uh, a dog barking once. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna see if I can 
if I could find something that would allow me to do that. Oh no! <laughs> oh, he's going for it. Why not? You know, it could be fun. We'll, Is we'll there an happens. app that, like, you know, they have the siren app? Yeah, you, you got to have the the dog barking app. Yeah, you, you get fifteen <laughs> barks. <for free>. Oh. <laughs> And they sound pitiful too. What a That's terrible that is really you, much darker than I thought. <laughs> yeah, hold on, let's try this. All. <laughs> no. Okay, wait. This one's called Devil Dog Crazy. Uh, that one? Oh. Okay. It sounds like it's just gargling. <laughs> And right into the segment. <laughs> anyway. A work in progress. To, to yeah, we'll, uh, we'll work on... For sure. Now that we've actually like committed to this, we'll have to figure out something. But anyway, so now we're going to ask a couple questions from DoesTheDogDie.com, and we will try to guess what the emotional spoiler crowdsourcing site says about it. So the first question, as always, is Does the Dog Die? Uh... What dog? Um, no, is it? There's a goat. Yeah. You see a dead goat? Yeah, there's no dog. No there's dog. no dog. Yeah, no, there is no dog. So the dog does not die. So the answer is no. Yes. Come on, guys. No, I okay. really couldn't remember whether there was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, we don't go by what the is actually in the movie. We go by what the people on this site say. Okay, so just good. just remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Are there anxiety I'm so, I'm attacks? So- Inside, uh, yes. Is everybody going to lock their answers in? <laughs> I'm saying yes all the way. I'm locked I'm in with yes, yes most of the way. Okay, yes. The answer is yes. The main oh. character freaks out. Now, does an animal die? Yeah, yeah. No, no goats or oh, that hawk. I guess. The, I see. I didn't even hear the hawk, and I'm yeah, not. That's I, makes I definitely me sound stupid. heard something. I thought it was the rustling of the tree. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that the people think no. Yes, I agree with that. Michael Snydell. Uh, I'm gonna say that they are not as thoughtful as to have thought about that as much as we have in this moment. So I'm gonna say no. You are correct. Three to two. They say no. No animals died. <laughs> yes. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Got it. All right. Here's the next one. Are there ghosts? Yes. yes they're gonna say yes yeah I, I mean you know demons ghosts satan yeah sure same Come thing on. right yeah did All you the same like that little ghost at the end by the way yeah, I, did, I did i thought it was cute did he, but did he, did he wink at her i like think gave he her a nod yeah like yeah i'm here motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like, yep all right uh so michael snydell are there ghosts uh y- yeah i'll say that they're sorry they'll say that there's ghosts yes the people at does the dog agree that there is a ghost oh. even though again there is not a ghost <laughs> <laughs> okay here's a great one does a kid die oh kid gets punched in the face oh kids explode shit yes yes yeah <laughs> yeah i guess two, they do two kids explode there's three gore gags when they go around the door uh-huh yep <laughs> michael snydell yeah i said i said yes okay great you gotta speak <laughs> up man anyway yes there you go <laughs> two to one they say yes boom here's the top comment 
simply the words blows up. <laughs> <laughs> Much know, better put than I did. <laughs> I love that. Just blows, blows up. up. <laughs> Remember that kid died? Blows up. Does a head get squashed? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, more battered, but I think they'll think it's squashed. Yep. It counts. A head gets squashed. That's what they say there. <laughs> now, here's here's the question that we discovered last episode. Oh, it's no. an ontological syntactical nightmare. <laughs> oh, no. Does it one. not have a happy ending? <laughs> Oof. Don't like that. Uh, <laughs> also, which character are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it varies. I'm going to say because people think if the main character lives, it's happy, then yes. Yeah, people are probably going to say it's a happy ending. I have no idea. Uh, is this a happy <laughs> ending? Yes. That's okay, what I'm going to So, gonna... again, the answer to the question, does it not have a oh. happy ending. Wait, does is... it not? Oh, does wait, 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 wait. No. So so I'm changing to no. So you this is this is why this is the hardest question. Does because it... you have to navigate that sentence in your brain. Yes. And then you have to figure so out no. if other people have as well. It's no. The answer should be no. <laughs> According to the people at does the dog die.com, the answer is yes. Oh, <laughs> what does that question. mean they don't know <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the fucking problem does it not have a happy ending that means does it have a bad ending and all these people say yes but i would argue this is a happy ending they think it's happy they don't they they didn't read it yeah they just fucked up on that question <laughs> okay i'm gonna this is gonna be uh there's a bunch of really great ones in here but i think this is gonna be the last one is a child abused? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Punched right in the face. And then has a giant shiner. <laughs> I, I would say that the parenting too is uh, is pretty abusive. True. The people at doesthedogdie.com agree with you. There is child abuse. They don't specify what the abuse is, but I think we can all agree. In many, many ways, there's a lot of abuse. And Brian found it really funny. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> But she, she gets shot in the hand, looks at it, and then just fucking decks that kid. <laughs> you gotta think that, that was, hurts. That was so great. So that's DoesDogDie.com game. Again, Woo. an unwieldy title for a fun game that we do not have a theme song to yet. <laughs> Working on it. It's gotta be jaunty. Send it's us your be. dogs. Who let the dogs yeah. out? Send dog jingles. Yeah, if someone wants to create a, a DoesTheDogDie.com game jingle, I'm down with that. Do you guys ever play Mario Paint? No. Where is this I going? Have, what? They had, a, they had a little dog. Uh, well, in Mario Maker, it's also in there, too. But there's a little dog that you can like put in your levels, and you can create melodies with the dogs. So I'm just saying, in Mario Paint, you could do that as well. So Fantastic. Go make us a melody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do it. Okay. Someone's got to just go out and find that game. Anyway, uh, final thoughts on this movie. It's fine. <laughs> oh, wait, you're up to fine now? <laughs> it's it's like a C for me. It's not, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. All right, well, okay. I say B+. 
yes, B plus for sure. Also, I think my final thing, like a moment that I really liked in this movie is, you know, she rips off the train of her wedding dress. She's got her shoes on. She goes in, she gets the elephant gun and she walks out and sees herself in the mirror and actually takes the time to say, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's just not enough moments in movies where characters admit to themselves how badass they look. Yeah, agreed. I was like, if I found myself in that situation, I'd be like, what the fuck kind of night am I having right now? (laughs) She does look vaguely conflicted. She doesn't look like she's like, I'm completely a badass. Right. She's like, this is crazy. She's like, I I understand the aesthetic that I am in right now, and I don't even understand it. (laughs) So good. She's so good in it. She's great. I cannot wait to see Samara weaving in. Searching. The next Star Wars. Guns Akimbo. Mm, fantastic. We're all waiting for that one. Uh, a guy relies on his newly acquired gladiator skills to save his ex-girlfriend from kidnappers. She's going to be in the new Bill and Ted movie, so that's a win. This movie hmm. also stars Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I, I just watched uh, a movie from uh, the Wolf Creek. Dra- oh, Jungle. That was pretty good with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Interesting. Yeah. There's some pretty good stuff in that. The director of Guns Akimbo previously did Deathgasm. Oh, I've heard of that one. Okay. I have not. I am I think curious. that's the metal one. It's the, it's the metal as fuck one. It definitely sounds mm. metal as fuck. It's called <laughs> Deathgasm. <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah, as also, I thought, it's the horns on the uh, poster. So that sounds very metal. Yeah, he's also going to be in a movie called Last Moment of Clarity. A normal New Yorker's life is upended when his girlfriend is murdered by the Bulgarian mob. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it to be like he loses his job and his mom dies. <laughs> I was not expecting the twist that that sentence took. Hate when that happens. He flees to Paris to hide from her killers. But three years later, he sees a similar looking woman on the silver screen. Obsession with past love takes Sam to Los Angeles to look for answers, only to put him back in the sights of the Bulgarians. <laughs> Gotta uh, admit, little convoluted of a hook for me. <laughs> what is the elevator pitch for this? Did you make up this movie? No! <laughs> Uh, wait, okay, an, an Hitchcockian thriller in the vein of Vertigo and Rear Window. Sure, sure, sure. Bulgarians, mm. Paris, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Just, what the shit? <laughs> okay, yeah, put it on the schedule. Mike, you want to come back for that? I'm in. Lock me in, please. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. It's, the uh, answer is yes. The answer is yes. The, the Udo Kerr is in it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I mean, he's got to be one of the Bulgarians, right? Now, here's the best thing. Here's the greatest part. Um, The director of this movie is also, well, the directors of this movie, writer and director, it's their first ever credit, aside from a 2002 miscellaneous crew credit for the Tomorrow Man craft service. (laughs) Yeah. So, looking forward to that movie. Brian Cox is also in it. Yeah. Okay, so, great, great. Who's I'm glad Corbin that we know... Burnson, and why did he get the top credit in the Tomorrow Man? <laughs> <laughs> I am super excited for this movie now. Uh, 
just reading that summary was better than most movies I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> what a specific mob. <laughs> anyway, glad that everyone was here to spend this time with us. Uh, the usual stuff before we leave. Um, find us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook, The Film State Show. Go to patreon.com slash The Film State Show and give us your money. And uh, what's the other thing? Mubi. We are brought to you by Mubi. You can get a free 30-day 30 subscri- 30 subscription to Mubi by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. You still have a couple days left to watch Eve's Bayou from uh, Harriet director Cassie Lemons. Also, if you've got a Roman Polanski thing that you still haven't ab- disabused yourself of, Venus in Fur is on there. And don't forget that Grizzly Man is now on there as well. So you can check out that movie, that documentary, as part of their Unusual Subjects series. Again, that's mubi.com slash filmstage. So that's it for today. Michael Snydell, what are we talking about next week? Mm, that's a great question, Brian. Oh, God. We're going to have to get yet? back to the listeners on that one. <laughs> it is It is Monday. We need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. <laughs> Are you guys doing Angel Has Fallen, or did that already come out? That came out this weekend, right? Damn it! I would. I, would, I just want to hear you guys going on that movie for like two hours. <laughs> I have a confession to make. I liked Olympus Has Fallen. Is that, that is, the second one? That's, that's the first, the first one. one. Hmm. Okay. So it it is possible that I would like, in some weird way, the movie Angel Has Fallen. <laughs> It's okay to just say that you potentially would like it. Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing, though, is I don't know if I could go in it. Now, could I go in it on the way it's like, this movie's so dumb and I love it. Here's why. Like I do with a lockout. Yes. Yeah. Well, why am I just imagining that the iTunes for any of those films is like, viewers also watched Loose Change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Not sure how to answer it. <laughs> I can't even find anywhere that tells me what's coming out next week. There's some, there's some good docs out. American Factory is out on uh, on a streaming service that apparently I'm not allowed to see streaming services anymore. Well, not uh, in the middle of the movie plug, but if you want to say it now, you can. Uh, Hail Satan is also available on Hulu. I I would love to talk about Hail Satan with you, Brian. <laughs> oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Um, I um I really liked the short film that I saw from that director, uh, The Pain of Others. She also mm-hmm. did a great uh, animated documentary called uh, Nuts. Nuts. That's worth about the guy out. who convinced men to put goat testicles in their sacks. That is exactly right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy movie. <laughs> It's a crazy story. Um, I if if we can find nothing else, then yeah, I'm I'm down to, to talk it about that. This week? No, it is next week. Here it is. I finally found it. Opening this week, August thirtieth. <laughs> Don't let go. That looks alright. Which is like frequency, but with a cell phone. Yeah. Wait, do you like frequency, Brian? Uh, Frequency's I saw it once. Fun. I remember being moved by it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean your bowels were moved? All right. That is not what I meant. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That reminds me. I remember the reason why I liked Olympus Has Fallen so much because almost everyone that he kills in that movie, he stabs. Oh. Yeah. He, yes. He is very much into stabbing people. That is a stabby movie. And there, I have a weird 
thing that I love is like movies where people just stab each other. <laughs> that is why John Wick 3 is my favorite one. That is why I liked The Raid so much. The Raid is good. Yeah, The Raid's so good, good movie. Um, also coming out is something called Before You Know It, which has Alec Baldwin in it. So there, you know, the quality immediately. <laughs> Indeed. Something called Killer Man. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, next week is a dead zone. <laughs> so we're going to have to figure something out. Is there really a movie called Killer Man? Yeah. It's about no, a man whose killer. girlfriend is killed by the Hungarian man. mafia. <laughs> here's the here's the here's the synopsis for Killer Man. Mo Diamond is a New York City money launderer who wakes up with no memory and millions of dollars in stolen cash and drugs. Ooh. He must soon scour the streets in search of answers while trying to dodge a crew of violent and crooked cops. It stars Liam Hemsworth. Oh, oh. Liam. <laughs> oh, oh Liam. Liam. First Miley leaves him, now this. <laughs> From the director of Street Thief. Oh yeah. Well, one of my favorites. And Crush. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Yeah. No, this. <laughs> Bill's not having fun anymore. Um so yeah, all right. So we don't know what we're talking about next week. Check out at Film Stage Show on Twitter, maybe we'll announce it, or maybe it'll be a pleasant surprise. Otherwise, let's tell the fine people at home where you can be found between now and the next time. Special guest, Mike Mazzanti. Um, you can find me on Twitter at BeTheGeese and on Letterboxd at Ridley Scotch. <laughs> I told myself not to <laughs> laugh at that again, but I couldn't help it. Such a good name. Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG, and you can also find me on the Slack channel. Um, should be a little bit more active this month. Um, we are getting a little puppy, a little Frenchie, so um, that may that may change everything on Friday. So we will see how much sleep. Uh, it'll be exciting to see what kind of state of mind I am in by uh, the next podcast. Puppies are worse <laughs> than children because you can't put diapers on them. Yes. You can, but uh, it doesn't work very well. But please well. don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't be that guy. All right. Uh, oh, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna post a picture of Snack the Snake in our Slack channel since he's the unofficial mascot of this show. Mm -hmm. I took okay. a picture of him yesterday. He's looking cute. He's getting big. Good. Just talking about pets. He's anyway. Eating snacks. He, I actually did take pictures of him eating a whole mouse. Nice. I don't know if I'm going to post those on the Slack channel because someone told me on there that they are deathly afraid of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like that might be a bridge too far for them. Michael Snydell. Um, I don't have any animals right now and I feel very sad now. But uh, well, you know, They say you're never more than five feet from a spider. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Just yeah, give it a name and it's yours, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Side Out. You can find me uh, on Letterbox. Uh, I don't think I'm writing anything this week, so yeah, no writing for me ever. All right, um, this is a talk, talking about spiders and children and things like that uh, today. In Brian Rowan Parents, my daughter has a fear of spiders. I caught one in a Tupperware container and gave it to her so she could hold it safely. You what? And she, she loved it. At the end of the day, she didn't want to let it go. So she's no that, longer afraid of spiders. She thinks they are cute. What was that? Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that, was a, that was a twist ending for me, definitely. Yeah, no, she was, she was like, it's cute. And I was like, yeah, it's really cute. Now we got to let go. She's like, no, my spider. I was like, oh, oh, honey. No, it's not. 
<sighs> anyway, uh, Michael seems clearly upset. Michael, are you afraid of spiders? I just don't like bugs and spiders and insects. Well, I was about to say, spiders are arachnids. Um, <laughs> you, you fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what else? I wrote the review of Ready or Not over at the film stage. Michael Snydell says it's a good review, and he didn't even like the movie. So maybe you should go check it out. It's at thefilmstage.com. Where you can also find every single episode of this show. Find me on every social media at Brian J. Rowan. My personal site is also BrianJRowan.com. I have not written anything new in months, but hey, why not go and take a look at the stuff that I used to do? That is it for today. Join us next week where we'll be talking about a random mystery movie. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Join us next time. Come on, he'll say what you